Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we can do this show. We give you thanks that even if the show is cursed, you still love us. God guide us that we may be faithful servants of you. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends. <laughs> and welcome to what is absolutely one of the most cursed episodes we have attempted so far. Uh, you we, might notice. We, we say evening with a lot of, <laughs> right. you know, Good evening. freedom there. If you look out the window behind Trey, you'll see nothing. But it is us. currently, this is not when you're going to see this because we couldn't sustain a stream. It is currently 8.50 p.m. on yeah. Wednesday night. And there's a reason why only half of us appear to be human. Um, that's because this studio very much set up for daytime recording. Um, we are actually, it does not look like it, Brandy, Scott, and I are sitting in the dark. Um, anyways, this is Scripture Talk. We're doing a show. You're watching this later uh, because there is, the internet is the is the is a pipette um, this evening. Um, but we already had a delay because of my travel schedule because I was pretending to be important for a moment at a pastor's conference. You're important? No, I'm not. I was merely play one. I was merely playing it on television for the past week. Um, but we needed to do a show because this thing really matters, and we were going to do it live just at night, and then that didn't happen. And then the C drive on the computer, D drive on the computer died. And then, oh man! Anyway, and now, but it's scripture talk and not technology talk. Yeah, it is scripture, and that talk. means that God is never gonna give you. Oh up, God! Never gonna let you now this, down. We've now been rickrolled. Now this episode is cursed. <laughs> now we've I know been, why. We've been officially um, rickrolled. Um, oh great! And now my. Okay, okay, now te- I've got control back. Anyways, we're, th- we're going to talk about scripture because I literally have no better, I have no other idea of what we can do right Somebody now. Um, and we are actually doing a, a scripture I deeply love. Um, it one. is uh, the first chapter of the book of Ruth, um, specifically chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Um, it, oh, if I, when I tip the tablet up, oh, here we go. Uh, oh, can I turn Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to try to read it with it like this because so that I don't look. I look a little less You want to use my phone? No, we're good. That's fine. I need the larger font. Uh, (laughs) Oh, font. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah uh, went to live in a country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Alamalek, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Mahlon um, and Chilion. Chileon? Chileon. We're gonna some of these I got. Alemelech, I'm full on. Um Chileon, sup Chileon. Um not enough people named Chileon. Um Oh, but wait, catch this one. Hey, catch this one, yeah. Um they were Euphradeites from Bethlehem. Um yeah, Euphradeites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Alemelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. The, these took Moabite wives. The the one of them named Orpah. Also not enough Orpahs out there. Shout outs to Orpah. Um, and the other, and the name of the other, Ruth. When they when they, they had lived there for about ten years, both Mahlon and Chilion also died. So that the women the woman was left without her two sons of or her husband. Then she started to return with her daughter-in-laws from the country of Moab, for she had heard heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had consideration for his people and had and given them food. She set out from the place where she had been living, 
she and her two daughter-in-laws, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to the two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. It is far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. They wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. She said, so she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, even if death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. This is one of those, this is, you know, this and the end of Luke, this and the end of Ruth set up what makes Ruth, this Moabite woman, end up being so important in the story, right? She is linked to the house of David. She is Mm -hmm. linked, um, and thus linked to Christ, right? This Mm -hmm. Gentile Moabite woman. And it is because she is defined, as a lot of us, as we all are, she is defined by her choices. Yeah, you you see in this, yes, it gives a background of what has made the situation dire. And uh, contextually, it can be lost in the fact, you know, you've got to remember, we're talking ancient times, and so women right. weren't, you know, there was a lot financially and things that they could not do, and a lot of their welfare... Uh, for better or worse, was tied to male heirs and mm-hmm. such. And so that's why it points out she has lost not just her husband, but, but her, her son. son. Right, she's lost so, her entire support. Yeah, system. all the support system is gone. And that that's very dire. And so she knows that, okay, this isn't just dire for her, but that's if Naomi and, I mean, if Ruth and uh, Orpah stay with her, then they are going to face the same situation. And that's what she tells them, both of them, right off the bat. No, no, no. And then she kind of, paints a little yeah. more of the picture and orpa says deuces takes off and but but which isn't a yeah. bad thing I she's mean, being I, released right, you know. I, I you know i i want to avoid right ruth is admirable that doesn't mean orpa is terrible right exactly right, right this is the difference of yes ruth it clearly what is being set up here is that ruth is the better yeah but this isn't that orpa somehow makes some evil choice no she Really, I mean, Naomi's right. Orpa sticking around with Naomi, barring a miracle, which happens to happen, mm-hmm. right? We happen to know that there is a miracle, um, that Boaz turns out to be this admirable follower of God um, and does exactly what he needs to do for the sake of God's people, right? Which is marry um, Ruth and thus keep 
um, thus, you know, give a savior to Naomi um, and thus keep the family whole, right? Right, That's what happens. Um, But Orpah doesn't know. No one knows that's what's going to happen. And so Orpah's just going to go home. Naomi gives Orpah the opportunity and and Orpah takes it to go home and live a normal life. Yeah. Yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm just saying because she had the choice. They both had the choice. And she's like, okay, well, I'll just go here. I mean, she gave... The blessing. Naomi right. gave her the yeah. blessing mm-hmm. to go and she yeah. took it. Nothing wrong with that. No, I wasn't trying to paint it as a bad thing. Just hitting that oftentimes uh, when we're placed with situations with Christ, what we get seen is there may be a good and a better yeah. choice yeah. Yes. that's often. And when we're looking at what gets us the closest to God is you always want to lean toward the quote, better, which isn't necessarily the easiest. Because honestly, logistically speaking, had Orpah stayed... It would have lessened the likelihood of the miracles that transpire. Well, we have no idea, right? We, we don't know. We, but, but I mean, finding a miracle husband for two is, you know, yeah, who knows? Right, who knows? But what we have here is Ruth is just her love for Naomi. Her, She is willing to forsake everything. She is truly proving ride or die yeah. to be with her uh-huh. that I will forsake Everything I've known in the past, I've already made that decision, and I'm going where you go because I love and respect you. I love and respect what you mean, yeah. and I want that to be the type of person I am also. And it's absolutely setting out into the unknown, right? Setting out as two women alone um, in a world where they can't own property, in mm-hmm. a world uh, where they are reliant on the protection of – and again, I understand – this is not saying, and this is how it should be. This is not, these are never the speeches. But we do need to, what gives this story its impact is in part the state of the role of women circa 3,000 years ago. And that was, they didn't have much at all, right? They are incredibly vulnerable to be taken as slaves, to be mm-hmm. taken um, in whatever definition of that word you want to mean. Like they are an extreme risk uh, from bandits, slavers, um, you know, all kinds of folks can take advantage of them. And so to for Ruth to make this choice and commit to Naomi and in that way also commit to God, uh, it is a real act of mm-hmm. commitment with, you know, a real, real stakes and a deep, it's deeply risky, right? What Orpha took was was a normal life, um, and this is Ruth is seeking, you know, the potentially more excellent way, and we happen, you know, but the the role like this pays off in a few chapters, yeah. but the role of the dice here is huge. It well, if we juxtapose this with the uh, rich young ruler, yeah, uh, story, uh, it's it's that kind of same thing. Whereas the rich young ruler was asked to go ahead and take that last step and give up everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's what, what Ruth is that's doing. That's exactly what that Ruth is doing. Literally what she's mile. doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a call to going the extra mile because back to the rich young ruler, giving away all his possessions or selling his possessions, that's going the extra mile. So with Ruth, she's going the extra mile in sacrificing, not sacrificing, but giving her life. Oh, it is. I mean, it is. She know. is giving up her people. Yeah. yeah right? She has she's giving up her home. Yeah. She's giving up the last thing she has. Right? She is giving up. This is the, for you know, other than her life, this is the last thing she has to give, mm-hmm. right? She's lost her husband. Um, she's lost. She could, but now she has to give up being a Moabite, right? And the protections that she would have as a Moabite woman in Moab. Mm-hmm. She gives up being a Moab, Moabite and she leaves Moab. She leaves 
whatever protection other than God she has available and says, I am this committed to this life I have found with God and with Naomi, um, as in some ways like, you know, her, she's not a priest, but essentially her priest, Mm -hmm. um, Naomi, Naomi takes on the priestly role, um, that I'm going to, I'm going to set out into this wild world. I'm, she does, you know, there's a reason why Ruth is last, right? Like, because Ruth is the fullest example of what this series has been about of when you are put to the test, what are you going to do? Right. And this is where, even if you contrast, like we talked about Esther in this series and Esther does really well, but Esther has to be reminded, which is not bad. We we all go through that, but Ruth doesn't Mm -mm. right. Ruth is willing to, it's as risky a choice as Esther, right? It is at least as risky as what Esther does. Mm -hmm. Um, It is at least, it requires at least as much of her as what was required of the rich young ruler, right? Because, you know, while she doesn't have many possessions, she has security. She has Mm -hmm. the option of security and Orpah takes it. And again, there's nothing, you know, inherently morally wrong with Orpah's choice. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's a part of what makes it more unique with what Ruth does. So we look at the Esther story, as you'd mentioned. If Esther didn't do anything, there's that warning of, hey, you could perish like everyone else. Yeah. With Ruth, she's released. Yeah, it's going to be okay. It's gonna there's be okay. nothing wrong with her going back. Nope. She will be safe and all of that. And yet, that love, that no, I want more. Right. And so here's my uh, question to throw out toward us. We, we, we see, we don't necessarily see these kind of situations play out in the modern day. So this level of commitment, what does that look like in modern day I mean, the, So it is, it is thinking, I, I think these things do exist, right? Mm-hmm. This is the, you know, this is the story of, you know, a lot of missionaries, right? Yeah. You know, you are um, leaving behind security um, comfort. I mean, you know, if it's a U.S. based missionary, you're living behind a very comfortable society, um, and often you are setting out into a very dangerous world, right? Um, you are leaving behind security. Anytime you are leaving behind security and certainty for uncertainty and hardship, mm-hmm. I go to missionaries just because I was one. But this is yeah. a, a, you can frame a lot of faith stories this way when. You are willing, when you are willing to give up that last thing that keeps you from fully relying on God. Mm-hmm. So right. you have such a, a love and a commitment to God and his people that right. you sacrifice your comfortable living right. and be a, a missionary for God and his people. Right. Whether it's, you know, literally a missionary or simply a person on a mission that leads you into discomfort. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, any, but this is, the, I put Ruth last you know, in some ways it, it, it's, I, but I picked Ruth to be here because she fully gets it. Yeah. Right. And we have folks who catch glimpses of it. Um, Esther, certainly one of them, um, our, our, our friend, the beggar um, uh, from this past week, mm-hmm. he certainly gets it and he, he does as well, but he receives something. Mm-hmm. Esther, there's a sense of her best interests. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, Esther is still the hero of the story. Right. Like, don't give me your name, my daughter, Esther. Right. Um, but this is even further than either of those two of the people that got it in this series. This is even further than those two. Yeah. From her perspective at this moment, she isn't getting anything nope. out of it. She no. is being a servant and giving it all away. Right. Yes. And wow. Uh, I, yeah. I think this, uh, you know, kind of puts two versions of Christianity 
that was we looking at, you have those who, you know, they are seeking God, they're following God, and they're saying, hey, God, I'm doing all I can in this area. Come with me and show me ways to bless people. Yeah. And then there's that, okay, I'm putting all my wants and desires aside and just tell me exactly where you want me to go. Right. You know, and it's that it's there's a slight difference there. They're both can be serving God. They both be doing good things. But one is just saying, I'm going to lay everything aside and I want to follow you wherever you say, not worship you wherever I am right. as right. well. All the way my Savior yeah. needs me. That's what it is. Yeah. And this is and, and the scale and, and, and part of the punch in this story that is lost on us. Right. Two single women alone in the world is yeah. not. Not that big a deal at this point in history. Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley, right? Yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of Laverne and Shirley on Nick at Night. Um, da, 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 da. I, I know, I know. Uh huh. We're gonna uh, do it. No, I, so and that, um, that so you realize two broke girls is is the, is a remake of Laverne and uh-huh. Shirley, right? Like there are no new ideas under the sun. Um, <laughs> and anyways, with. The two broke girls is just. There's another one that is just Mary Tyler Moore, and I'm blanking on which one it is. Um, but I watched a lot of it. I didn't sleep yeah. in the night. I don't sleep now. Clearly, it's nine oh six, and we're doing this show. Um, none of us are sleeping much tonight. Um, but you. So there is this. The, the this is why that that risk matters though, mm-hmm. right? Because it it raises the scale. It raises the stakes. Of this is. It is sometimes really easy to go, I'm a Christ follower, right? Like it's really easy in the modern world to say that. Um, In that time, to change religious allegiance was to change national allegiance, was to leave everything, everything behind. She's never going to go home again, right? She's never going to have an attachment to her family again. She Mm -hmm. may most likely will never see or hear from her family again. Yeah. Right? Whereas if she stays in Moab, that's not what's going to happen, right? She could go back home. She could find a husband locally, new husband locally. She's young enough still. She could find a new husband locally, you know, see her grandmother on the holidays or whatever, right? All of that is gone. Um, That's what it means for her to follow God and follow Naomi is everything else is gone. And see, that's something that even just within the last uh, 50 years— has changed for modern Christianity. I mean, you look at some of the more modern uh, missionaries, and it was that way. You... The family might not get to go with you. Yeah, uh, I, I'm thinking of Dr. Livingston. You know, yeah. he so much time spent away from his family, trekking through Africa, and you know that, that, that famed line of somebody meeting Dr. Livingston. What else, white man, would be in the middle of the African <laughs> jungle? <laughs> ah, yeah. So, but even the early circuit writers. Um, yeah. So Francis Asbury, who kind of led the circuit writing movement here in the United States, said, "You can't be married and be a circuit writer. You right. got married after you finished, because the life of a circuit writer was. I mean, so like a, you want another analogy? Like this is the yeah. this is the world of a circuit writer, right? Where they are riding out into the under the unknown, right? The American frontier, mm-hmm. leaving behind everything. Um, you know, carrying a saddlebag and a rifle." Uh, you're married to the church you're married to the church Hunter S. Thompson yeah yeah I mean and so this is that it is the level of devotion that allows you not just to do something risky once Mm -hmm. but hand your entire life over give up any comfort any 
um, external source of, here we go, any external source of security. Yeah. Uh, that your only security is in the Lord. Uh-huh. That's Ruth. Yeah. Also reminds me of Jack Kerouac was another uh, writer that I was thinking about that, that did the same thing. He wrote on the road. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what it is to utilize and to have faith. If you see everything ahead of you, let all the way there. You know exactly how things are going to be paid. You have all the security in the uh, bank. It's not needing as much right. faith to step out as when you clearly have no clue how this is going to work out. That's when your faith is challenged and truly activated. Well, no clue how it's going to work out. And you know you're leaving something pretty good behind. Yeah. Right? That it is... The, the way ahead is difficult and uncertain, mm-hmm. and the way behind is comfortable. But you know with God, it's going to be get better. It's going to get better. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, but, but, but at that moment, you're taking that on faith. Right, exactly. And, and Jesus told his followers to count the cost. Right. Uh, using the analogy of you know, builders don't go into doing something without you know, estimating how much it's going to cost to accomplish this and kind of pairing that into what it is to follow him. Yes, it is a free a gift of salvation, all of that. But yet the discipleship, the sanctification also costs everything yeah. if we're truly living it to the extreme of what he considers following him. Right. I mean, this is, and to, to, wrap, to wrap around to Bonhoeffer, um, who, <laughs> often, who often underlies a lot of this stuff, and certainly um, without being as explicit about it, this, is, this whole series has been about what is costly grace. Yeah. Right, that Bonhoeffer floats this idea in cost of discipleship. We almost uh-huh. made it through the whole series. I know, without a right. Bonhoeffer what a, but, but, which is funny, right? Because you know, literally, um, uh, Bonhoeffer, cost of discipleship underwrites this whole thing. Yes, that this is all of these have been invitations, whether accepted or not, to costly grace. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I, I mean, in some ways, the Bonhoeffer story and the Esther story line up pretty well, except yeah. Bonhoeffer doesn't live. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bonhoeffer tries to get... Esther stops Haman, Bonhoeffer tries to stop Hitler. Um, it didn't work, and he still got killed. Um, but it is, the, it is this idea that, like, yes, there is grace. There is grace um, for whatever. Grace covers a multitude of sins, right? Mm-hmm. And that grace is there for you. Um, and we often talk about, okay, well, if grace is there for me, then I could do whatever, um, and I'm just going to ask for forgiveness, right? No. As Paul said, n- don't, never let it be. No. <laughs> but no, oh, shoot. Should we sin more so that grace could abound? Yeah, sin yeah. freely so that grace may abound. No. Uh, sin boldly. Excuse me, it's sin boldly yeah. so that grace may abound. Yeah. By no means. And the NRSV uses <laughs> by no means. Right, by no means. Right? What real, because... That is treating cheaply this gift you have from God. And that is to fundamentally misunderstand the value of the gift that you have. The value of the gift that you have, that gift of grace, which you have, you freely receive, um, costs Christ his life. Mm. Right? And so if you count that too cheaply, are you really giving yourself to God? Mm. Right? And so this has been an unpacking of this series and certainly this story kind of frames what real faith looks like when you are put to the test, when it is time to decide, am I going to live a life of comfort or am I going to live the life that God has called me to going Um, all the way, going all the way. Right. Um, and not look back, but that's hard, right? 
And, and God is there in the midst of it, and there is reward, and it works out for Ruth, right? As it will work out for all of us um, one way or another. But this is what faith looks like. That faith is not just some, I believe in God, and that makes me feel good. I mean, that's the start, but that's not the end of it, mm-hmm. right? Faith involves I, that God is your first allegiance. That fundamentally, at your core, that God is your first allegiance. That you have put God above all else. And the core question at the heart of the series is, do you? Right? And I can't answer that for anybody, right? But this series opens, should open up the, and, and certainly this scripture should open up that question for you, right? What is truly your first allegiance? Is it to God or is it to your comfort? Is it to God or is it to your money? Is it to God or is it to your safety, right? Mm-hmm. Is it to God or is it to... Uh, uh, you know, a life less ordinary, an easy life, right? You know, the Irish curse me, you live in interesting times. Well, I don't want to live in interesting times, right? Mm-hmm. The guy could have stayed blind and he would know what his life was, but he came to Christ, he was healed and he set off on the road with Christ. That's right. Right? Um, but for each of those things, the question remains, for, and, and for the rich ring ruler, he fails the test because his first allegiance wasn't to God. In the end, it was to his possessions. Right. right, that that was the thing that he re- that really ran his life, and God was second, and maybe God was number two, and his money was number one, but his money was number one. Mm-hmm. For Ruth, Naomi, and God are first, and all other considerations are second, including her own safety, comfort, and life that she has ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Ergo, ergo, fees of concordantly. Not trying to be funny, but it really does, you know. Hit my joke earlier that what we're coming to is facing the fact of making a decision with Christ that we're never going to give him up. Yeah. Never gonna yeah. I mean, it, it, that song. Never going to desert him. I yeah. mean, that's right. what it's about. That's what the call of well, Christ and, is. And let him run the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is let that allegiance to God be the thing that drives every choice you make. Yeah. Because that's the that the heart of faith is that, right? The heart of what we're doing here, the heart of what we talk about is discipleship, mm-hmm. following God. And all the examples we have in the positive column are the people for whom God is their first, first allegiance, period, the end. Or the people who get there, right? Yeah. Esther gets there. Peter gets there. Paul gets there. Um, Paul was almost too committed at one point. Um, he was just wrong about his commitment. Paul was all in. It just, <laughs> right. He was going all in one direction and then realized, oh, I need to go this way. And he was just as all it just in. Just as all in. You, know, yeah. one can, you can never say Paul didn't commit. <laughs> Right, was, but like, there was no lukewarmness. No, no, no Paul is not. You know, no one would ever accuse Paul of being lukewarm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I read a, I read a Paul a quote from Paul um, in uh, the sermon tonight um, that was like listing all of his sufferings, right? Because the Corinthians are like questioning his credential, and he's like, "What is wrong with you?" Like you can say uh, a lot of Second Corinthians is like, "Look." You can say a lot of things about me, and Lord knows you have. But here's one thing you can never say. I am all in. That's right. Uh, my credentials for being here are pretty sound. You can disagree with me. I don't think you should. Um, but I'm all in, friends. 
Um, and that's yeah, that's as good a place as any uh, to bring this show. Um, for you know, a night you know in for a landing, a, you know go all in for God. Pod- I know this is a strange podcast when we uh, quoted Rick Ashley. I mean, look, um, <laughs> we this the show has been cursed, and it's in context. The, the, it worked. I, the, I mean, the the thing plays. Um, I'm just really glad we've made it to the end of the show. I love doing this show. Tonight was just this show was cursed. Um, I have no this idea. This show was fun. I have no idea when y'all will get to watch this show. Well, probably, maybe, probably maybe our bloopers real at the end of the year. Probably Thursday. Here's my hope. My hope is it's Thursday and you're watching this. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea. Um, so until then, uh, if you have feedback on this show, uh, <laughs> it'll be on Facebook. It'll be you'll, it'll which be is where you're probably feedback. watching this, or it's on our YouTube channel. Um, you can watch it on our website. Post a comment there, uh, PalestineGrace.com/videos. You can email me GraceChurchPalestine at gmail.com. Um, we missed having the chat this episode. Um, we're sorry. It is 100% the parsonage internet is just, you know, um, we should probably call Zito at this point because it's been, it's been this bad for a month. Um, uh, also, uh, if you're looking for an audio-only version of the show, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church and your podcatcher of choice. And with the, a little bit of luck, we'll be back on Monday, um, 6 p.m., uh, for another version <laughs> of this show. Time. Until then, go in peace, love, and serve the Lord. Fear not. Stay well. God is with us. We did it. We made it to the show. Yeah. We podcasted in the dark. Woohoo. And now we dance. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run along and hurt you. So I did that at my wedding. So that joke was new in 2009 when I got married. And so at some point we rickrolled the whole entire wedding. That was awesome. awesome. That was on the must playlist. See, I remember when the song was cool. <laughs> was it? Good 1784. Night, <laughs> Good night, everybody.